welcome to another episode of Stargirl Podcast. This is Lizzie, and I'm here with... And she. And today, we are going to talk about episode 8 of Stargirl Cold Chip Part 2. But before we do that, we got great news for everyone. We got renewed for season 2. Yay! Um... Uh, the news is apparently that Stargirl is going to be exclusively on the CW for season two, which isn't as exciting for me as the renewal, but I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. Like, if we keep the same quality, like, if they let Stargirl be what it has been in season one, I won't complain. Let's just not turn CW in some other of the badass. That's true. Like, if you compare the first season of Supergirl to, like, what it became letter- later, I think there was a difference as far as, like, quality of production and storytelling. So I hope that they maintain this same level. Like, I don't know how the money works and how they're funneling it. It's also weird that it's coming off of the DC Universe because, like, what is DC Universe going to have then? It's right. a very weird subscription to have right now because you're almost like, okay, when is all of it going to be moved over to HBO Max? Like, we're just counting down the days? Like, what are we doing? Right. And, like, why do we have it? And do if, if are we even getting tight and see? Like, what is coming to DC Universe? <laughs> I know. Uh, that, yes. My uh, beloved Harley Quinn show, where is that going to be at? Right. Um, and, and that's been super good so far. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see like the future of just streaming and the entertainment world in general, as we're coming out, or we're still really very much in the midst of this pandemic. So it's going to be an interesting thing to track. Right. When are we going to come out of it? Like you will hear us here trying to fill time, um, between season two (laughs) A star once again <laughs> i oh can see the future i can see the future um, wasn't it literally for like a year was our season zero it was crazy right and it feels like our season 1.5 is gonna be insane too that's so let, long let's enjoy when we do have episodes to talk about that's true and we do welcome people e- emailing us ideas or emailing us in general about their thoughts we did get a very nice long email before we started recording so we decided to give it a shout out and go points that they wanted us to talk about and this email is coming from keenan walker um and this person has like six points yeah six points for us to discuss the first one let's just get right into it the Courtney and Mike moment. Uh, Keenan says, when she said, little bro, I almost broke down. And you know what, Keenan? Same. How about you, Lizzie? You're 100% right. I mean, I, I kind of expected them to go more this way than what happened last episode. But I guess it makes sense to let Mike have one moment of what is going on before he sort of adjusts. He's a kid. Um, and... Honestly, the, the 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 other thing is that we gotta think about this, how they're seeing it. Like we know Courtney didn't get um, injured in a car crash. Mike doesn't. 
So Mike has every right to be worried and like this family dynamic that he's getting used to. Um, he he doesn't want it to change, but he does want it to change in some ways. And I think he he wants a family. He wants more of a family than he had. So it was really nice to see, especially with Courtney, because she hasn't always been, you know, good at this either. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed how his peace offering to Courtney was in the form of pizza bites. And I think that really, like, it really speaks to, like, what we know of his character so far. Like, how much he loves junk food. And, yeah, that's a marker of a kid, too. But I just thought that was a really, like, cute touch. And I think it also goes back to Mike is developing, like, an awareness of what makes Pat happy because he loves his dad so much. Uh, Mike is willing to like really make it work with his new family and it seems like it doesn't actually take that much work because obviously as we saw Courtney is just so dang lovable anyway as is Barbara so it's not that much work to like consider that person a part of your family I think right and it was just really nice to see I think shows like superhero shows sometimes sort of forget or push away the emotional connections within family that don't have to do with the superhero part. Um, and we really love those. And those are the one, some of the reasons why we watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Keenan also brings up the teens. So Keenan says, these teens are killing me. Has anyone <laughs> learned anything over the past few episodes? And the whole no. time they were in Cindy's house, I yelled, Beth, seriously? Um, the thing that I appreciate about Beth is that while she does go into the secret underground lair, she like nopes out of there real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I really did enjoy that bit. Like she just like, like she just did a turnaround and pieced out of there. Uh, what did you think, Lizzie? She's a bit smarter than Courtney because she's engaging more of her brain when she's doing these things. Uh, But it was still like the kind of, in a way, it's good. We can't get used to thinking of Beth as an adult because she's not an adult. She's also a teenager. She just has different issues. Um, But it was still kind of shocking to me to be like, Beth, why you? I expected better of you. And then the whole, it was so funny, the whole um, the entirety of the scene with her and Pat and Pat's faces as she's like, <laughs> it's like, why? Why? And you can see that that it's go- like the idea that he now has to ca- take care of four kids went through his mind just exactly like as they come out and he sees Yolanda there in full uniform. He's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you wearing that? Like, no! I really appreciate and love Luke Wilson's comedic timing. I think he worked with um, Angelica Washington very well. And like, that's a classic comedy trope where like the two characters are trying to lie and they answer the question at the same time and they have two different answers and then they have to explain it right away. I just, that was so enjoyable to watch. I'm loving how they're bringing this team together and how Pat is really getting these moments with the other teenagers. Of course, we did go back to our angry boy, Rick, for a bit. Uh, And Beth is the one to kind of talk him down. So she is showing that she's, I don't know, I feel like she's kind of 
a, she is a little bit smarter or at least like she's able to engage her logical thinking a little bit more than perhaps Rick or Yolanda, at least a little bit. She's the one who makes the connection to everyone else that Cindy and her parents are probably in the ISA, which like makes sense to us as a viewer, but it's not something that Rick or Yolanda uh, pointed out before she did. So there is that. I think Beth is starting to show her value to the team. And one of those things is like <laughs> sleuthing around in a fellow high schooler's bedroom to find like pictures. <laughs> God. Uh, I thought her, her scene, the scene with them was very good. Um, Beth calling out Rick. Like she tells him something like, you hurt so much, you just want to hurt everyone else, which is pretty on point, not just for Rick, but a little bit for Yolanda too. Um, you, we got to remember Beth is the only one who's on this for not for revenge reasons. Mm, that's um, a good point, Lizzie. Right. Everyone's like, I will take out this person or this other person. And like, they're all there for the revenge. Um, um, and I do appreciate that she, she brought Rick down. Um, I, I don't expect Rick's angry side to go away completely. But he, it was, he, he even had some funny moments this episode, too. Um, as he and Yolanda are like trying to figure out what's going on outside <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny and I think they can make him a funny character or like they can take advantage of him as a character without it being all brooding and sad and angry all the time yeah anger can be funny like that's why we like the Donald Duck cartoons right like it taps into a very like base uh, level of us or for us so I think we can definitely like play more with Rick's sense of humor for sure um, Keenan also brought up in his email about Bobby Berman watch where you put those feet we period see period you exclamation point it, we it, see you it's a weird episode for Pat and Barbara. Barbara's on a date and she doesn't seem to realize it. <laughs> but it's like, what? And then Pat's getting um, um, vibes from the Stepford wife. It, it's weird. Um, the the ISA is weird. What can I say? But um, yeah. I mean, what can I, can I blame her? No. <laughs> it like, really, it's really telling of the charm of Pat Dugan that not even like a drone wife can resist Pat Dugan. Right? Where <laughs> it's, I'm like, I'm sorry, it's Pat. Um, that's just the way it works. You see Pat, you love Pat. Pat overrides any existing programming that you have. Apparently, it's good to know. Um, the other, the next point in the email that we got was about why didn't anyone bother to let Courtney know everyone safe left Cindy's house? Don't get me wrong, I love these fight sequences, but we could have, uh, they could have given us more time with Cindy and Henry Jr. I want to see some young ISA development. I think that's interesting. And um, Lizzie and I were talking off air for just a second before we started recording about how all of the teenagers are dumb now. Like, it's not just Courtney making dumb decisions. All of the youths are making dumb decisions. Lizzie, did you want to go into that more? 
I just, in general, like, I, I again, I appreciate that they're teenagers and they're not going to know, but they're just not thinking. Though I think part of the reason why no one lets Courtney know is that they don't expect, like, they expect Courtney to be resting, which is dumb on their parts, too. It's like they don't know Courtney. It's like, um, like, why are you texting her that uh, something is wrong and then not text again to say, you know what, Courtney, we're fine. We are grabbing an ice cream with Pat as he tells us all the things we did wrong or whatever it is they were doing. Um, but uh, Courtney will be Courtney. Like, this is the first time that Courtney making a dumb decision actually has good reasoning behind it. Sometimes she makes dumb decisions for the sake of them. Um, at least this time, she thought she was protecting someone. Um, she was reacting out of instinct. And even though, like, let's talk about the staff and Pat having a conversation with the staff. That might have been my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, it That's... was so beautiful, so precious. And when he was like, can you take care of her? Can you protect her? I was like, I'm going to cry here about a conversation between Pat and an inanimate object. My absolute favorite part of that whole episode is when he knocked on the staff's box before opening it like he's very polite even with inanimate objects and I love him so much um and I like that the staff seemed to listen for just a second um And then decided, oh, Courtney really does need me. Okay, let's go. We're, we're, we're doing this. And I guess in the end, it does kind of like lead to Courtney having more information, which is good. But still, like, I do you get the feeling that even though the staff has been around, obviously, for a long time, it seems to have a very youthful spirit about it. I, I was going to say the staff is another teenager. Right. Like- like, Pat tried, but, like, the staff was, like... And then everything about the staff, from the way it wouldn't light up while Pat was still there, to listening for a little bit and then not, it's all, like, how many teenagers can Pat have? <laughs> but the staff is... A t- I love that. It <laughs> just, uh-huh. like, ignores him and just responds after he leaves the room. Yeah, we've all done that. Right. So, I mean, poor Pat. And, like, he needs to tell Barbara for other reasons, but just, like, for emotional support. I agree. And what did you think about potentially getting more young ISA development? I I would have really liked that. I think um, at this point, I don't see how they establish Henry Jr. as fully evil. He's gotta he's gotta be in the middle for a while because if his powers develop and he's fully evil, how does the JSA have a chance? Hmm. He 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 knows everything. That's why they had to take Brainwave out of commission. Um, because the powers just make it there are no secrets to be kept. And if there are no secrets, tomorrow someone's going after Barbara and then Courtney and Pat are gonna do whatever, or Mike. It's just uh, it's too easy and we're still not like at the end of the season so I mm. assume Henry Jr. and he's got reasons to be mad 
Okay, there was a mad plan going on there about his life and his romantic relationships and everything. Um, so he's got some reasons to be mad at his dad, at Cindy, at everything. Um, and um, he also has, that I we see, no real control over his powers yet. He's just like, what is going on? What's happening to me? So I would have, I, I don't necessarily need Henry and Cindy. I do need, and I would like a lot more development from not just Henry. Like we seen th- these kids separately, the ISA kids. We've rarely seen them together other than Henry and Cindy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing what Artemis is up to too and where she's going to fall in all this. We've been a little quiet on the sports master and tigress front um maybe it's just because i'm looking for my parents you know when i watch these episodes but i think this was certainly (laughs) i think this is certainly an interesting lead up to brainwave jr and i think you told me that the next episode is called brainwave jr right i don't think so i think the next one is brainwave and then the one after that is brainwave jr which which it's interesting because um, are we going to get, like, is Brainwave going to wake up or are we going to get, like, flashbacks or what? Um, because, yeah, the next episode is called Brainwave. Mm. So, That's interesting. It's going to be interesting. I don't I don't think he can wake up. Like, if, if he wakes up again, how do you stop them? He's too powerful. Like, him right. plus like icicle who like really showed his powers in this episode too right because um, we saw i don't seen him fully go blue yet have we no i think this is the first time we see it so that's like the full extent of his powers then like people just die which i mean we saw that before too but he like how do you stop that how do you stop him how do you stop brainwave when the two of them are up and fighting together, like no wonder the JSA had such problems ten years ago. I don't, I don't see how to stop them. And then with throwing Dragon King into the mix, we find out a little bit more of his history too. I just, and then you throw in my parents, Sportsmaster and Tigress. What, what can these kids do? Right. Uh, and, and another one of the problems is that as it's been established, the JSA doesn't really have powers. They have gadgets. Um, so how can they compete? Like, it seems like they can't. Um, and also seems like, uh, despite the fact that we saw Shining Knight um, for a little bit in 7, we might have to wait till episode 11, which is called Shining Knight. Mm-hmm. to get Sir Justin um, really going. So um, I don't, like, I it, it kind of, I, I kind of would have wished that there was a conversation between Pat and Courtney being like, wait, how did you, like, not die? What happened here? How? <laughs> like, let's try to piece this together. You know, uh, as we know, our girl Courtney isn't the most practical member of the new JSA. So I don't know if she would think to ask these practical questions. Um, uh, yeah, but I expected better from Pat. Although Pat is dealing with a lot. He's got a lie. 
he's gonna make it convincing. He's gonna crash his baby. Um, oh. which... God. Oh, and, he's so precious. And that opening scene is super scary because when it opens, you're like, wait, what's going on? Why? It kind of felt like it was a flash forward. And I was like, I will murder mm-hmm. someone if they are killing Pat Dugan. Let me get my torch. It was certainly an effective opening for an episode because you didn't know what was happening. You didn't know if, like, did someone take over the car? Because that happens a lot in, like, superhero stories. That's what I. That's where I thought they were going to. And I went to the same place where, like, if they put my man Pat in the hospital out of commission, I will riot. That is too much. No, thank you. Right. And but and then when you see why he did it, it sort of makes sense because he had to explain it couldn't be just Courtney that had injuries. So mm-hmm. it, it made sense. But then again, it was like and I think Courtney kind of got it when she was in the hospital and Pat was telling her uh, what he did. I think she sort of got like the gravity of the situation. But then again, um, she also reacted like a teenager teenager would be like, don't tell my mom, will she take my toy? Yeah. But when he tells her, like, nothing is worth you getting hurt like this, I felt that in my heart. Like, that is such a dad line. We are this yeah. close. We're this close to her yeah. calling him dad. Like, the, I didn't think that she would call Mike little bro first. I thought the dad line was going to happen first. But, I mean... That's the next logical step, I think, is we're we're gonna get that deadline so soon. Right. He's he's been ha- like the dad vibes have been strong for a while. Off the um, charts. Like we're not even on the Excel spreadsheet anymore. We are just beyond. <laughs> yes, and I think I think she sort of gets it, and I think I what I believe the, the whatever they're gonna do with Starman and Courtney, um, they're gonna follow the comics or not. I believe we need to get um, some sort of uh, acceptance from Courtney that whoever her dad is, she didn't get any anything from him. Uh, she she didn't spend time with him. He wasn't around. He wasn't the one saying things like "Nothing's for you getting hurt." Um, mm-hmm. And I think the more time she spends with Pat, the more she realizes what a dad is supposed to be. I 100% agree. And if we go, if we move on to another dad character for a second, uh, the last point in the email that we got was about Jordan potentially falling for Barbara because we keep getting intimate scenes between the two. And of course, there was Cameron's line in the last episode of like, you should find love, dad. And you and I were both like, nope, you stay away from Barbara. But then Barbara ends up on a dinner date with him anyways. Right. And and she doesn't seem to know they're on a date. He does seem to know. He has a, a moment where he throws her a look. But he... I mean, could he be having feelings for her? Likely. Um, Are the feelings more important than his whole plan? No, clearly. So I I don't even know if he's that dangerous in that regard yet. um, Because he clearly shows his revenge. Um, And then I, I, what I do think this will come back to is at some point he is, they are all going to find out, or at least he's going to find out. Who Stargirl is and 
um, that Barbara is her mom, and then that that's I think that's what this is setting up to, to him not wanting to hurt Barbara, which would be the obvious play. Um, if you knew Courtney was Stargirl. Even though the secret didn't come out as we expected it because, I mean, because obviously Cindy was like, I'm going to keep this to myself so I can earn a seat at the table. But then now Henry Jr. knows too. Um, who knows what he's going to do? Exactly. I think the whole... I really don't think and I really hope that the writers aren't intending for Jordan to have a crush on Barbara I think it was really a vehicle for us as the viewers to find out more about Icicle's motivations we finally find out what happened to his wife which was pretty dark we're like the water supplies were poisoned and then they put a school on top of a dump site and then people were getting sick and dying including a teacher who was Christine McKent. That got really dark. Um, So I think that's one of the reasons why they set up that little like weekend trip because at the same time then it got Barbara out out of the house and out of the city, right? Because if she wasn't out of town, she probably would have gone to the homecoming game with Pat and Mike and Courtney because why would she stay at home? You know, like they needed a reason to get Barbara out of town so that all this could happen to Courtney without Barbara being there and finding out because it'd be a lot more difficult, imagine, if Barbara was in the stands and Pat went and found Courtney's body like that. Like, how would you explain Barbara not knowing then at that point? So I think it was a pretty smart move for the writers to do that. But if they actually follow through and like Jordan confesses his feelings or like gets creepy with Barbara, nope, I draw the line in the sand right now. I agree. I don't I don't want that just as I didn't want um, Henry Jr. and Yolanda in any way, shape or form, unless you're going to give me Henry Jr. like actually changing and having like a redemption arc. Which would take a while. So It would take a whole season at least. So, yeah. So, hold on to that if that's what you're thinking, show. Um, but, um, in general, like, I don't think it's sustainable for Barbara not to know. I think Barbara is going to end up knowing. And I, 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 I even think we might end up with some sort of um, parallel to whatever Cindy did to her mom. Because I think now it's clear that she did something to her mom because her whole thing with her dad is like, you're so good at hurting things. It's like, oh, okay. What did you do to your mom, Cindy? Yeah, because you're the one who pointed that out the last time we talked. So this time I was more on the lookout for it. And they made it really clear that she definitely hurt her mom somehow. We don't know if it like, like, right away led to her death or not but she has hurt her mom and what happened we still don't know we don't um but we do get uh the 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 most awesome line from dragon king is do oh not make me remove my hood i wrote that like, down too <laughs> wow. what happens when you remove your hood no i want to know that sounds like a punishment that i do not want to ever see that is so creepy Right? Like, um, and, then, and then also, wait, many questions. Does he go around like that? Who do they think her, her dad is? Like, does, does he go to, like, PTA meetings in the hood? The like, 
How does this work? Does does he send a step for wife? I don't, I don't know, but it's equally as creepy that he called her um, shiv outfit a graduation uniform. A uniform. Right. That just really, like, creeps me out. Yeah, like, he's preparing her as a soldier. And then what happens to her at the end? Like, uh, she knows too much. They're get, they gotta remove her from the narrative for a little bit. But what, is he going to take her and, like, experiment on her a little more? So she's more, like, so she listens to him? I don't know. Maybe, like, yeah, maybe, like, more mental manipulation, too. Because if he's able to, like, program a wife, like, maybe he can do some manipulation into his daughter, too. But, oh, again, super creepy vibes. Right, he he is the creepiest of them all because as we talked before, Icicle seems like a good dad. Like, Icicle is one thing and Jordan, the good dad, seem to be different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sportsmaster and Tigress, um, like, we see that they care about their daughter. Um, but Dragon King is Dragon King. Yeah, I... I would like, I think we should talk about also with Cindy going over to Courtney's house. Because speaking of uncomfortable feelings, I was uncomfortable though all of those scenes where Cindy is just hanging out. Like they're having like a slumber party basically with chocolates. And Cindy's like, I owe you an apology. But psych, I'm going to kill your friends. Right. Um, I I almost when the scene started, I was like, this is a lie. And then she sort of kind of lulled me into a false sense of security. And then she came out and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Did you are you a fan of Hamilton? Yes, everyone is. I swear this is going somewhere. So when she's being all like friendly and then she says, Oh, after I kill your friends. Doesn't that kind of remind you of the King George character? Like, <laughs> I will kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. That's exactly where my brain went. But, I mean, I did just watch Hamilton on Disney Plus this weekend. Oh, so right. there's that too. Like the entire world, I think. Yes. Uh, but yes, it does. Uh, it's just um, King George has more of a... It's played more like a, like a being benevolent. Uh, Cindy is not trying to play it off like she's not mean. She's never tried to play anything off as her not being mean. So, I mean, I appreciate that about Cindy because we got the other kids in the ISA that um, they don't know whether Cameron doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Henry Jr. doesn't know what he's doing. Um and Artemis, we assume, doesn't know what her parents are doing either. Um, so, like, at least Cindy is, like, she's making her own decision. Even though, I mean, maybe her dad has manipulated her. We don't know to what point. But it, it feels like, in many ways, like she said, she and Courtney are similar. Like, they're... Two halves of a whole. Um, and I think that's sort of what they're setting up between the two of them. 
Yeah, I really like how she said, you thought I wouldn't recognize you through that stupid mask, which is exactly what fans of superhero shows have been saying to each other for so long. So I like that she just straight up said that. And I also like how she explained that, well, the reason why the ISA doesn't know is because she didn't want to tell her dad because she doesn't want her dad to like take her out of the game. Like she wants to be a part of it. So Cindy is kind of seeing um, the relationship between she and star girl as a game basically. And she's going to be the one to beat her, which again, really uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Um, and also it's like, it, it's one of those things that we always wonder, especially with characters like Superman who are so obvious, but like, I keep thinking of Cordy in that, um, outfit, um, mask or not, I keep being, no one else has your hair. No, no, no one, one else. That glorious and no. made right. of hair. Right. Like no one else even comes close. How is it that everyone's not like, oh yes, she's star girl. <laughs> like at least Yolanda's covered up. Um, like in Rick, like all the other costumes, they're covered up. Like no one would recognize Rick in that. It's like he puts it on, and there's muscles that come with it. I don't yeah. know what. The, what <laughs> I just God, I don't. So no one would recognize the team, but Courtney. I mean, I think her or Stripe. No one would recognize any of them, but Courtney. I I always thought someone had to recognize her. Um. And I'm suddenly like understanding why Kate Kane has a wig attached to her back cowl because hair is so recognizable and it really doesn't make sense for people not to recognize people that they see almost on a daily basis based on their hair. Like, come on. Right. And the thing with Kate Kane is also you see that red hair and you're like, yeah, I don't know anyone who could be bad girl, bad mm -hmm. woman. Um, I don't know anyone because I don't know anyone with that hair. And it just kind of throws you off. So even though when it started, I was like, this looks dumb. Um, <laughs> it's, it actually makes sense. Um, and I, I would have, I mean, there's nothing they can do. The costume is a costume, but I would have expected someone to be like, I don't know, to think about it. Just like I would have expected Pat to not be screaming Courtney around. But at, le <laughs> at least that's not what tips Cindy off. That's um, true. I, I appreciate he's like, it. He's like chastising Yolanda for being out in her costume. But you're going around yelling Courtney instead of Stargirl, which is another basic mistake, Pat. Like, I think they all would benefit from having a manual. Maybe this is my type A personality coming out. But, like, they need, like something to refer to about best practices for superhero doing come on uh, they absolutely do i think this episode the despite um all of them being kind of dumb uh, sort of said i really like the scene with the uh, with rick and yolanda and beth i especially like that rick was mad um, I don't like Matt, Rick being mad, but I like that he was mad on Corny's behalf because they didn't really seem to be getting along mm -hmm. before this. So I sort of appreciated that he was like, they hurt Corny. We have to hurt them. And I was like, okay, that sounds more like a team. <laughs> yeah, I really like the bonding outside of Corny because we saw in the previous episode how Corny just kind of like, 
took the role of just like taking out all of the training and handling everything much to Pat's dismay. So we didn't really see the others work together. And it's nice to see them together outside of Courtney because it's Courtney who brought them together, you know. So removing her kind of gives them more moments to shine. And man, it was it was so entertaining. It was so funny. I love like what each of them did as they were doing the whole like Cindy undercover investigation. I loved it. it. Yeah, it was fun. And I think they work well together. And I've been thinking about it since that scene at the school where they start walking together, that it actually makes more sense. It makes it less like it, it's less like something you would look at and be like, oh, that's weird because these four kids were put together. They didn't choose each other. They were just the losers no one wanted to talk to. So it makes sense that they would bond. Uh, no mm-hmm. one's like, why are they together? Maybe they're the JSA. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. It makes sense because when you sit next to someone for day in and day out, you're bound to get to know them. And I do like that they have this... Uh, they kind of have like this loners club mentality about them, but they're also superheroes. Like, I think that's something that a lot of teens can connect to because obviously not everyone's the popular kid, you know, like we're not all football players and cheerleaders. There are the the ones that kind of just have to find their own group to fit in and you know, even though Courtney's the one who kind of brought them together, I think they're really going to find a family with one another. I agree. And I, I also really appreciate that despite the fact that we love Pat and I have enjoyed a, uh, a couple of things about Rick or like um, Henry was interesting for a little bit this episode. They have the show has done a good job of centering the women, which mm-hmm. is what we wanted in a show called Star Girl. Um, they have done a good job of centering the women. They have done a good job of centering Courtney in her own story. Like, this is not a story about Pat uh, featuring Courtney. This is a story right. about Courtney featuring other people. And that's the way it should be because the show is called Stargirl. And, like, even with Supergirl, sometimes I feel like they forget that the show is called Supergirl. I'm like, hello, do you know who your main character is? Yeah, they kind of lose her. I mean... I have forgotten the entire last season of Supergirl, which is saying something because I really enjoyed like the first couple of seasons of that show. I really am glad that they're focusing, they're hyper focusing on Courtney, but allowing other characters to grow in her life and for us to like really get to know these other characters and love them as much as our main character it's great i think like we've said many times i think they're doing like a really solid job of juggling all these different characters and how one episode is focusing on one which leads to focusing on the other it's very smartly plotted i think i agree and then the episode this episode we had two episodes about shiv but they haven't just been about her it's not that we didn't get anything from the other characters, which is another thing the show does really well. Exactly. And the show sets up um, comparisons really well. 
like, for example, in this episode, we got two different apologies, right? We got Mike's apology to Courtney, which felt very real and very poignant. And we got this lovely family moment out of it. And the second apology is Cindy's to Courtney, which ended up being totally fake, right? So there's a lot of, like, really fun comparisons that they're constantly setting up in this show that's just giving us more to digest right um in, in general like i'm really happy with what the show has done so far um i think this we're only on episode eight um we have five to go but i think this season has been really solid um and i assume the next two episodes at least are going to be a little um isa junior focused um or maybe i don't know if we have brainwave and brainwave junior then we have shining night and then we have stars and stripe part one and stars and stripe part two which uh the last two Mm. worry me (laughs) or i'm not gonna say they don't um but i don't want to look that far ahead because i think the next few episodes are gonna be more on the isa um and they sort of kind of need to be at this point for whatever happens at at the end of the season to have meaning for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering when we're going to get more clarity out of the Artemis character and out of the high school junior character. They're going to have to do that before the final two episodes of the season, right? So doesn't that give how many episodes is that two or three? I don't know. We all know that I cannot math on this podcast, but it's a couple that, they have before those final two and also what happened to homecoming um, was was it that what? night was Courtney like injured was like the uh cameron call like what right is yeah it- yeah if right. your girl that you have a crush on is in the hospital wouldn't you also be texting her like why is she that bored that right? boy should be texting her Right, so I hope we get answers to that in the next episode because we need answers to that. So many more. Every time we record, we get more questions. Well, um, at least we're not bored. That's true. It could be worse. I do appreciate this show so much. Uh, I do too. Um, And I think we're done. Um, Yeah. You can visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. You can subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, please hit us up with some five-star reviews. Please do. And don't forget that we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. We also have our own Tee Public store. So if you're interested in some DCTV related gear, click on the link in the show notes and get some merch. It does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. And if you have any questions or thoughts about Stargirl, you can email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. As you can see now, we are checking it. But you can also just talk to us on Twitter as well. Bye. Bye.